नमस्ते सबजना म फेरी भुवन मेन्टरिंग वन ओ वन को अर्क सेशन लोस्मी को तर्फब आज फिर हमसंग एकजा एकदम इंट्रेस्टिंग पर्सनलिटी हो नाम प्रीति खत्री हो खत्री विथ डबल टी वहाँ को अब अब अगि बैक स्टेज में कुरा अब वहाँ को इंट्रोडक्शन कसरी दूँ भारो कि अभी समझना गाड़ो अब कह सुरू करूँ तर सीज मेकानिकल इंजीनियर अल्थ कोच अल ट्रेल सीरीज वहाँ स्टार्ट करूज अ फाउंडर अभी अल्सो रंस ट्रेनिंग कैंप्स अस पच्ची महेन्द्र एंड महेन्द्र में इंटर्नशिप करे अट अफ थिंग्स मैं तो समझ सकिन होना तो मसलरेटेड लर्निंग को मेमोरी कोच भी हो भू तर मैं तो लिस्ट अल ज्यादा नहीं प्रिपेयर थी बरू मैं एक्सप्लेन कर बरू प्रीतिजी नहीं स्क्रीन में बोला वहाँसंग नई वहाँ को इंट्रोडक्शन मग्दे अज बड़ी इफेक्टिव होस्ट वेलकम प्रीतिजी टू देशन नमस्ते प्रीति I think I'm not that interact. No, go there, boy. But I've seen you, you know, seen your journey. Uh, I think I remember when I first met you. I'm very sad. All the time, I'm misunderstanding about you. I mean, you're running this trail running series, and I'm a sales office. Um, I'm a little confused about that. We had this meeting in our office, and I mean, so. Just to see you from there, Ani, that because your social media go post or you hear that kiri, Ani, that because journey hear that kiri. I personally feel very inspired. Ani, what you've done, what you've achieved, Ani. Ali, that I was on that because that because mechanical engineer who, Ani, that happened that kiri. I'm like, wow, kiche in Gorno Bas, Ani, Ani, that I'm from Navila, Jile, multi-talented, Ani, Ani. I think you've done so much. That. मैं शायद अब तब को इंट्रोडक्शन में जस्टिस इंट्रोड्यूसर all my activities all my passions would go towards fulfilling that uh, you know uh, that belief and trust that we as collective humans can do a lot for our nature and for our uh, uh, for our own benefit actually for our own growth yeah so, so humanity who is interconnected with nature i would call myself that okay so humanist banayachani uh how what does that mean for you yeah so i i i feel we are all organic beings mm. you know so this is very interesting because uh, i also keep on like you know question cross questioning myself about uh, where do i want 
my space to be or something. So um, since industrial revolution or something, we have seen historically that we are, humans are told to be, you know, consumers. Our value comes from being consumer, from being the end products of all the industrial processes that is happening. However, at the core, we are as organic as the trees around us, as the animals around us, as the microorganisms around us. So if our organic uh, reality is not taken into consideration when we make uh, you know, our products and uh, all these processes that is happening and the beliefs and ethics and ideas, then uh, I guess we are moving in a completely wrong direction and that leads to a lot of like unfulfillment and um, all you know, all the depression and anxiety that we are facing in the world today. Um, okay, that makes sense. Also, yeah. Right. So that makes sense. Yeah. Oh, please continue. No, I mean just for the conclusion that you know, I mean, uh, so I think we need uh, we need re-identification and re uh, re-identification with our own beings, that who we are and uh, stop identifying ourselves, which is like, which will be a very slow process to not compare ourselves with other people, with the economic system and the story about money, as um, you know, the, you will know Harari tells in his book, uh, Homo sapiens, that money is the most uh, important and widely spread and most successful myth that we have told ourselves and accepted. Uh, but I think now is the time that we need to follow uh, more of like re-identification with our um, nature and uh, who we are as individuals, as a collective as well. Okay, nice, nice. Um, you've also talked about interconnectedness um, of our health and well-being with nature. Now, what does that mean? So, um, I, you know, growing up, I I was a very sensitive kid. Probably, um, I could I could feel I could feel the trees. I could feel the environment around us. The changes in weather in us, the changes in um, what what feelings we would get, what emotions we would get seeing some things. The music, the touch of people, or um, I mean, all these sensory uh, feelings or so. So I felt as if there is some link that we are not taught in school. But if you're aware of it, you know that there are things which are which is changing us. You know, you are in, in uh, a holy place, let's say a place where there's a lot of meditation, temples or church or any place. And then you feel that instant relief and calm and uh, you're not thinking too much. But if you are in slaughterhouse or if you have gone to the spot where there has been fights or something, uh, you instantly feel that fear, your body goes cold. So, uh, you know, I mean, uh, we cannot see it. We cannot probably materialize it at the moment, but then there are, you know, there are researches happening and studies happening about how we are connected with the, probably the lunar cycle, how the seasons affect us, the seasonal affective disorders, there. Uh, you know, there are uh, microbial studies happening about our food, about our nutrition, about the status of, of our land. So if our land does not have nutrition, our food does not have nutrition. 
So even if a plant that we are eating, saying that it has iron, if the land it has not come, it has come from has no iron, then we are not getting the iron ourselves. So that is like the uh, interconnectedness. And of course, there are a lot of research happening now saying that the nutrition is connected with our mental health as well. You know, so um, so it's, it's, it's a cycle, it's a chicken and egg process that's happening. And we need to decide where we need to set our anchor points and uh, start our start to be more aware and uh, functional. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense again. Uh, so basically, Jun individualism, Jun individualism, I mean, podium school, I mean, 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 that's not really true. My survival depends on every single one, uh, not every single one of them, but maybe people around us and not only people, uh, earth, plants, animals, everything. Um, I make a small change in that because uh, I think it's about golden balance. Okay. You know, like the nature goes in symmetry from a balance point. So Buddha might call it like the middle path or we might call it an equilibrium. In mathematics, it would be the golden mean. So if you don't have an ego or that mm -hmm. individualism, you can never transcend it. Okay. So, uh, yeah, so we need to have that balance and security of who we are. And only then we can expand and be aware and know that you know everything affects us, we affect everybody else. Okay, there's a flawed idea or philosophy. Comparison It's also needed for the balance you're talking about. Without comparison, there's nothing. You have to compare it against something else, Nita. What do you think? I think there has to be a reference point. And that reference point needs to make sense. Okay. You know, uh, for example, I think I read a very interesting thing about uh, this thing called suffering that nations do not suffer, humans suffer. Economy does not fall down, humans fall down. And, okay. you know, uh, what are the reference <clears throat> points we are comparing ourselves to other people? Is it altruism? Is it friendliness? It is collaboration? Is it love? It is, is it, you know, compassion? Is it um, growth or expansion or, you know, the skill level or uh, our, um, qualities as you know you know a functional human beings um and those kind of things and if we are like uh, our 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 self esteem our individuality if it lies on the pedestal of who is earning better who has better car as you know who has bigger house uh which is 
far beyond our need, then that's that's the place where we are never enough. We are never going to feel fulfilled, and we are always going to suck in our resources everywhere. And you you know you can see the uh, impact already. And it's going to go on until we change our behavior. Yes. Okay, I can agree with that. Uh, definitely. Uh, yeah. I just wanted to do a bit of research on you. And I also visited your YouTube channel and watched a few videos. And get a sense of a lot of uh, spirituality in your posts. Keep uh, your spiritual being. Uh, I don't know. Uh, is that a good assumption to make? Um, I, I I don't like to label myself. I, I think I just post about my journey. And mm -hmm. probably from last four or five years, it has been leaning more on uh, spiritual aspects of things. Uh, so that okay. is what you get to see on, on my contents. And uh, I guess um, then, then you know, I, mean, uh, I think that's been a dominant part of uh, my journey for the last five years. And that's what you get to see. Okay. <laughs> Ani, um, you're one of your key profession. Ani, list. One of the key profession that you have is a health coach. Health coach, So, die there. So, diseases show themselves in different modes. So, we have like four phases of it: mode one, mode two, mode three, mode four. Now, mode three and mode four needs palliative care. It needs medical health care. That's a time when you cannot, you know, uh, you cannot experiment a lot. But mode one and mode two is preventive phases, where you see, slightly start seeing the disbalance in your health, in your mental well-being, um, in you're not feeling great. And you know that there's some problem and you need to set your life right at this moment. So a lot of like uh, preventive diseases, chronic diseases like diabetes too. Um, you have, you know, uh, obesity, then you have PCOS, then you have menstrual problems, etc. And even the health problem, I mean, mental well-being problems of not being able to think positively or sluggishness or adrenal fatigue. Uh, even uh, estrogen dominance, etc. So these all can be prevented and controlled at mode one and mode two phase. So we act as a bridge between that medical you know, institution as well as the patients or or a human being who wants to you know get into the better lifestyle. And you know how difficult it is to change our behavior patterns. You know, I mean, um, you need somebody to guide you along the way. Um, whatever duration it might be. So that is what where we'll be uh, bridging the gap. So uh, that's what the health and well-being professional does. And uh, that will include like, you know, a lot of assessments. Uh, so they're like, I mean, they're assessments of, uh, depends on 
professional to professional, how they want to do it. Like I would uh, bend more towards a naturopathy or Ayurveda's uh, to know your body constituents, to uh, recommend you exercises, diets, and uh, activities around your body constituents. And uh, then there would be, you know, the bloating issues. Why is it happening? Then there are menstrual uh, problems. Why is it happening? Etc. Cetera, Etc. Cetera. So. Uh, yeah, we make programs, we make a uh, uh, list of, you know, schedules and food uh, uh, menus, etc. to get you into the lifestyle, uh, phase, better lifestyle phase. And it's all an uh, ongoing process. So um, that's a bit of a description. I cannot hear you. Okay, I'm of maintaining your physical health and mental well-being by adopting a certain lifestyle habits uh, as well as by knowing yourself better which can help you lead a better life you know we know those uh, cases of um, people who have controlled their diabetes who have seen uh, significant differences or uh, regulation in their bloating issues or indigestion problems we have seen cure from PCOS, etc. So, um, yeah, all these uh, all these issues can be fixed at mode one and mode two, so that you don't have to like go to that extreme level of you know drugs and surgeries, etc. Okay. And do you actually struggle to explain this to people, like uh, the definition of what a coach is, or people tend to understand it very easily? Uh, no, I think it's a very new concept in uh, in Nepal. There are no health coaches here, um, mm. especially also the well-being coaches. Uh, and in India, there are few who are really good. Um, so, how do I put it? So, a lot of like the consultancy that I've started getting was about weight control or the fatigue issues, uh, which is one of the one of the cases or you know the cases that I would handle. Mm -hmm. uh, but for a lot of people, uh, you still need to like explain them and uh, probably make your own um, you know programs. What what kind of specialty you are in? Because I'm still learning and I still keep on getting. Uh, certifications, etc., in the fields that I am interested in. So um, it's still like a journey, and I'm not a full-fledged. It's it's a, it's going to be a lifelong uh, process of learning, of course. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so, what what brings you uh, in this field, health coach? You know, uh, you as a mechanical engineer. I mean, this feels like, at least for an observer like me, a completely <laughs> No divergent um, course to take. Um, as I said, I, I mean, until professionally required, I don't 
I don't really introduce myself as or engineer or this and that um, because I see interconnection between everything around us. You know, when I work in water, health and sanitation, it's not for the rocks. It's for the health of the, of the public or the community that we are working in. So okay. now that is one aspect of it. We are checking the water contents. We are checking the water filtration systems and purification systems as, as well as the hygiene part of it, as behavior, hygiene behaviors, as well as you know, the infrastructure part of it. Um, however, a lot of these things, um, you know, I guess somewhere fails to interconnect the link between how 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 things you know how your land quality, how your water quality, how your living standards, etc., all really like uh, interconnected, and you need to see things from uh, that basic uh, perspective. So for me, it's, it started with, I guess, uh, yes, the water thing, because one of the engineers from, uh, uh, from Philippines, you know, you gave me such a great insight about if your water does not have, um, you know, has a lot of microbes that you cannot process, then you start feeling fatigue. And, and also like uh, the water content, the chemicals in the water, will directly affect the way you function, the way your nutrition is absorbed in your body, right? And then it led me to check about nutrition as well and the way we are eating. Nepalese have very decent diet compared to the Western population here surviving on processed food, but it's diminishing. And we need, like, we, we need to bring back that uh, ancient knowledge about ancient wisdom about, you know, how cultivating the way we cultivate our lands, the way the, we um, nurture our cattle and our farm animals and our uh, environment around us is going to affect ultimately our health and our well-being. So um, it was, it was quite a, I think I find a direct link to it. And uh, the long-term perspective, even with Nepal Trail series is uh, not just races, races are just a part of like, you know, uh, getting that infrastructure, the natural infrastructure built in so that people have economic benefit as well as, you know, they are taking care of the ecology around them. So, yeah, that was, I hope I have not diverted a lot. <laughs> oh, you, you have diverted uh, a little bit, but it all makes sense. Um, yeah. diverted uh, for good reasons. Um, okay, you've talked about, you know, our um, our traditional way of doing things. So, so I look at the ironic, 15, 20 years, NGOs, INGOs, invest traditional methods, farming, growing vegetables, you change, modernize, chemicals reuse we've just realized it's all wrong we have to reverse it back and jati time lagya thyo hamlai sikhauna lai modernize lai tetikai time aja badi lagcha hola reverse garnu lai um tara very true, well said malai chai um yo alikati trail trail running ko pani i'm very interested to know what motivates you in the sense ki I'm the first time to see the Palsu Chris Goriatu, Titibella Topapun Dodi Ron Batinda. 
अनि त्यतिबेला मैले चाहिँ खाली मार्किङ मात्र गरेको थिए आई वाज इन पार्टिसिपेटिंग इन द रेस अनि बेलका चाहिँ तपाई आउँदाखेरि यु वर वन अफ द फर्स्ट फ्रम बिहाइन्ड भनु न ओबियसली तर त्यो कति पेनफुल थियो भन्ने मलाई थाहा छ अनि आई नो आई हेभ माई रिजन्स फर डुइङ इट अनि त्यसपछि पनि मैले गरेँ अनि आई नो वाई व्हाट किप्स मी गोइङ तर व्हाट अबाउट यू किन दौडिनुहुन्छ तपाईँ त्यो पनि त्यस्तो गाह्रो कन्डिसन्समा अनि हिजो कि अस्ति भर्खर तपाईँको पोस्ट पनि हेरेको थिएँ टेन के कतिपछि दौडे सजिलो लागेन एकदम गाह्रो आई स्ट्रगल भनेर लेखिरहनु भएको छ सो व्हाट डज दिस गिभ यू um you know this space you know when you reach an exhaustion point the exhaustion point uh, when you cross that exhaustion point you are in this space where every thoughts leave you and you know you what seemed impossible and what seemed so hard uh does not affect you anymore it just seems as if body has gone gone into a different phase and um you are re-energized with that exhaustion and i think that <laughs> that um I, that is like drug or something you know you want to get you want to access that space again and again and uh, especially in ultra runs when i did my first ultra that that was something like wow what just happened and uh, it was in godavari and you know the trails were great at that time and it was completely in a forest area and spending almost 9 and 1/2 hours in that forest and i think that was the first time when i realized how much impact nature makes on you i could like feel all my senses going around it's like oh i had never felt that sensations before and honestly i didn't i didn't have to recover a lot like two or three days of rest was fine but um, it wasn't very painful as a road running was in in fact it seemed to reinvigorate me uh, it was reenergizing and i i loved that space of having no thoughts uh, and and just being able to be and carry on until you you reach the finish point so also the second point i think i would mention is uh, you learn to manage your energy ultra runs like no other activity has taught me to be in my body you know most of the time we are in our head our body is like a vessel for carrying our mind around or we are on our phones so we are never present in our body we never understand the uh the you know the, the kind of food that we take in what effects our food uh, our bodies um nature etc but in an ultra run after 30 kilometers even after like 25 kilometers one apple will also give you that consciousness of what it is doing in your body 
So just imagine being able to access that space. <laughs> yeah. True. Uh, I can relate to what you just said. Yeah. I was very tempted to give up. Yeah. Um, especially I was like, I was very tempted to give up. I think deep, deep down, I knew I wasn't going to give up. I was trying to convince myself. very very much understand what you're uh, trying to say yeah. now a lot of uh, young girls and guys uh, they want to be runners and they want to be like mira rai and how tough is it and how much work actually goes into it you can you start key there's a training process you um, it depends on what kind of body you have, basically. Yeah, first, first is that you need to determine because there are two kinds of muscles that works in it muscle fibers, type one, type two. So it'll be a different process for both the, both the people. So for people like me, we are very good at endurance, like people like Mira. You know, they are trained from their childhood. They have been into that hardship since childhood. Uh, and all most of our Nepali runners who grew up in uh, rural areas with that terrain, Nepali flat, and, and you know, getting grasses and being a part of the forest uh, agriculture, etc. So, yeah, for a lot of us, maybe our genes are like that. Our, we have type 2 muscle uh, fiber, muscle fibers that helps in endurance. Uh, whereas for a lot of people, they are sprinters. Their muscles works better in short bursts of you know burst of energy in short period of time. So training process will be different for both of them. And uh, I would say like you need to have a proper mindset as well. So and you need to take it like uh, slowly. It's not like I can do it because in you know twenties and our teenage uh, years or. 1820 you know, we are very ambitious and we want to push and give it our all but that leads to a lot of injuries so there are a lot of cases about over exertion of training overtraining coming about which reduces your immune system which leads to more injuries even like you probably you injure yourself so much like you cannot run properly next time and uh and fatigue issues and and all those things so you need to take care about your balance and um, yeah, I mean, rehydrating, it's like, yes, if you want to run an ultra, if you run, want to run 50 and further, first try to know what kind of your body you already have, uh, what kind of nutrition you already take. Then accordingly form a plan, start slow, start from 5K, from 10, you know, go till 10K, 
see if you can do 15, half marathon, full marathon, train for it, give yourself ample time. And, um, and I mean, that's a slow progress. Just keep on progressing as per your capacity. Know the balance between how far you can push and what is your exertion. What kind of mindset um, are you talking about? A runner like Chinese mindset? Um, they, I, would, I would call it like balance. Okay. For example, you know, the way you said Jalbire uh, Jadakiri, you thought the mind was talking to you about giving up and, and also thinking about why the hell are you doing this? So there are noises like this, uh, which is mental, and you need to be able to cross that and say, no, I can do this. And there is a voice coming from our body. Um, the body at a little further than its comfort point and the body's voice when it is going to break down. Now it is very important to listen to that voice. When is it breakdown point? When it is exhaustion point? When is, where is my comfort point? And where is the mental chatter? So a runner needs to know these four things to be able to optimize his uh, runs. Okay, Bob, Agi Tapale Banu Bateki, Banuna, eighteen, twenty years ago, Tape Unsa, you're with a lot of energy. Tara, what if you're younger than that? Kiabam, you're the resort Kori Pariti, but Saru just Jolai Koti Payet, Tapali Petty wins of Nabasa, Boni Bayer saying, so they want to run any. Um, so if they're aspiring to be professional runners, um, what are the three or four things you would advise them to keep in mind now? Diet um, running technique so three or four things to keep in mind about exertion over exertion there's a possibility of injuries and all that so yes the kura so exertion running every day is not good running twice a week is good kati duration kati distance so any tips you would have for someone who knows nothing about running but is aspiring to be a runner um so all these things that i see we learn from outside as well as we experience it in our body um, so from last four or five years, I could see a lot of trend changing. It's not about running every day. Running every day, in fact, might even um, lower your pace. So there are three aspects. One is flexibility, one is strengthening, um, and third is, of course, the cardio. Of course, uh, and there are like interval trainings, which uh, basically focuses on your speed. Now you need to balance all those four aspects when you're training and recovery and rest is very important because after the muscle hypertrophy or you know you crush your muscles actually when you are training. So for that recovery period is very important so that your proteins are building your muscles again. You know? So that phase. Um, so your training plan has to be very well balanced in these four aspects. 
Now, when I say flexibility, of course, it's a flexibility of you know your joints, your mobile mobile mobility of your joints, as well as how you know how you can um, how flexible can you uh, be so that you know you're not facing that friction, etc. And then second thing is strengthening. Strengthening comes into use because you are not running with your legs and your foot. You are running with your entire body, okay. right? So your posture, your alignment when you are running is very important. And that alignment is held by your core, core muscles, which are basically the muscles on your belly and torso. Yeah. So now you need to, and of course that's the major muscles. And then you have to get your limbs right, you know, your gluteus, your hamstrings, so that your knees are uh, strong, your hips are strong, your uh, back is strong enough. So all that takes strengthening and conditioning exercises. Um, your body weight exercise, the weightlifting as well can help in uh, building up that strength. And then of course the cardio comes where you can check your limit. I mean, for uh, like, for someone uh, like Mira, probably 20 kilometers or 30 kilometers is nothing for you know training purpose. For someone who's starting out, they need to see if they can run five. I mean, um, they say that not to check distance first, but times, how comfortably they can run for the longer period without losing their breath. So that is uh, that is what you'll have to see initially. And then when you find a comfortable pace, then you start like giving yourself progressive challenges um, in every training. Um, that is how you grow. Yeah. Of course, and Thanks, the rest uh, is important. You take a lot of proteins. You have to take care of your diet, and uh, uh, you know you need to know when you need water, how much your body needs water, how much of carb, fat, proteins, micronutrients. All these are, you know, the patched food that is important for your body a lot. Thank you. Ekdam useful tips. Ma, Philippine use goes you got the very tips. Ani, tapale diet ko kura agar yalo lots of protein kare Um, you think uh, there's problems with vegetarian runners? Uh, they need meat. Ani pani kothi suni sanda. Ani masu khani hal. The dam jiskai ra pani unsa vegetarians are lai na. Um, ani. Without meat, you're not going to get enough protein, Madeira. Um, so how true is that? Um, vegetarians are saying, do they struggle with running and stuff? Um, no. Again, I said uh, that depends on body-to-body -body diet. Mm. So of, of course, proteins are like building blocks for your muscles, plasma, blood, bones, etc. Building blocks of your body. However, uh, even the plant, but you need to be careful enough, like uh, be thoughtful enough when you are choosing plant-based diets. Um, there are few uh, components like, you know, um, what do you say? The combination of micronutrients with the proteins. For example, if you are not taking eggs, um, you are losing out on uh, important B complex vitamins along with the proteins uh, that might make you exhausted and fatigued in the longer run, the deficiency of it, right? And then there would be 
uh, iron deficiency, the hemoglobin uh, problems, etc. Not enough plasma in the body. Uh, so these are all things that you need to like consider when you are choosing your protein based you know diets. And a very interesting thing is a lot of people might not even need proteins, uh, like a lot of proteins, or it depends on their weight actually. So recommended is 0.8 grams to one one uh, gram per body per body weight. So if I'm like uh, 50 kgs or 60 kgs, I'll need 60 grams at least, which is not too much actually. You know, and I need to see the complexities and the com combination of the uh, food that I'm eating. Um, having said that, yeah, you can choose your plant-based diets. You can add legumes. You can add uh, lentils. You can add uh, even like where I, I'm not a very big fan of supplements, but um, if you think you're not getting enough, then that is also fine. I think you need to listen to your body. Yeah. Okay, nice, nice suggestions. Um, Pritisi, how do you deal with failures if you have faced failures in life? Um, I'm hoping or I'm assuming that you must have faced some kind of failures in life. So how do you deal with them? Oh my God, failures. Um, see, it's very interesting, you know, like I've always grown with the fear of failures. Um, probably it might be in our Asian society, you know, the Indian and the Nepali society, which uh, in which parents already, you know, declare you a failure. And then there's like the re, <laughs> um, they keep on reminding you that how easy it is for you to fail or something. So, um, yeah, of the few cases that I consider myself, I've, I've not been very graceful was probably mostly in Nepal, I guess, because uh, I did not know the social context of communication here. So for me, uh, not learning to communicate and, uh, you know, trying to assert myself uh, dominantly or something, which was kind of not very um, accepted, was something that I called failure, but something that I had to learn. And uh, that seems to be a very common thing for, especially as a woman as well, you know. Um, so, uh, in India, it was fine uh, because you grow up in that uh, situation where you are already very competitive, there are less resources, you know, the education and everything is very, very competitive. So you learn to be aggressive, you learn to like push things away and get things done. And uh, if you're in a right circle, uh, but in Nepal, things are more mellow. We like to do things in our own way, slow, steady. And uh, we, we are very community-based people. We want each and everyone's approval and everything. The cost of, of course, delays and inefficiencies as well. Uh, but there's always a better way to communicate. And uh, I would really quote this uh, ex-Supreme Supreme Court judge, uh, whom I really love and follow. Uh, she, and she said, uh, I quote, learn to disagree without being disagreeable. Okay, um, nice. And I guess that is something that uh, I am learning and still learning, uh, but it's, it's, it's a lot, it's, it's something, you know, a bit complex because as a woman, you also need to 
uh, stand your point and you know just say no at certain things. Yeah. Nice, Pratiji, mom. It's like I didn't get the answer that I was looking for. Right, so okay. I'll give you an example. Uh, so as a student, I know more saying, I get this. I have to give a talk on a topic. Teacher has assigned me this. And I am standing in front of my classmates and I just freeze. I just completely fail at this. I start all this negative dialogue and then I, you know, I, I look at myself for a period of time as a complete failure, right? So this happens to everyone. Um, it's just that duration someone do you keep feeling like a failure so everyone has their own strategy and a few minutes they are out of this and for some people it's just a lifelong trauma they just can't get out of that thing um so what would your strategy be do you context I know so I'm, I'm sure you have your own context your own situation I don't want to know about the situation but what would your strategy be when you face failure well, how would you get out of it um, by you know the impact that it makes is that you of course you repeatedly keep on thinking about it thinking about it and you go into this underworld of you know depression and uh, you don't even realize that for me that's why I guess the spiritual path was very important. Uh, I kept on looking for it because somehow I I wanted to have the control within myself. And um, I knew that I was creating my own world according to some stories that I believed in. And it was time that I was, I have to do something about it. Something that I, I really learned, so this, um, it, it took me to a lot of places, you know, my Ayurveda course or even the pranic healing course, the energy healing techniques. And uh, and then this year it was Vipassana. And then I could really, you know, uh, see that the interconnection between the traumas, which is in our bodies and how no matter how much you study, how much you want to act in a certain way, your body is your subconscious mind, which reacts before you have time to even uh, pause and you know have a break and, and respond in a proper way. So for me, I guess the meditative path was very important, very helpful, and I'm still doing it. I, for, I, I loved Vipassana. Um, I stayed there for 56 days all during the week lockdown. Yeah, it, it was like, you know, uh, it was almost like this willpower of an ultra runner. would <laughs> be like, I want to know this. Why am I facing this? And, you know, I want to get over it. Um, and so I was like, you know, I'm just going to spend as many days as I can spend here renunciating everything. I don't want anything. Just want to get over it, over this. Uh, of course, that was a kind of ego. All that we needed to learn was to pay attention to our bodies, to pay attention to our mind and not in a judgmental way, in a very equanimity way, equanimous ways and just be aware of it. And I, I think there are a lot of like neuroplasticity studies done on it, right? 
uh, on the meditation techniques that if you can go into a certain frequency, uh, you can actually alter your uh, neuro neurological synapses in your body and reaffirm and you know recreate the memories that you want or the experiences that you want. So that is how I came out of my underworld. <laughs> um, but I mean, until it teaches you, it's great. It's like, uh, yeah, every suffering, suffering is so real. And I'm glad that, you know, we get to face it. Okay. Um, Earthquake year, you landmark just to like so it's easier to go back to that. Uh, 2015, how have you grown positively? What have you become? Um, you know, how what have you learned? Um, how have you become a better person in the past five years? I, I feel like completely a before and after person anyway. Uh, so, they, as I as I said before, you know, we grow up with this concept of failures. Like for me, it was like uh, you won't be able to do anything. You'll be a destitute in some street begging for food. You won't be getting money. You won't be able to earn. You'll never have this stability. You you'll be suffering and dying until you know suffering until your death or something that of that story in my head, you know? And there's complete this worthlessness kind of feeling. And uh, I mean, and probably that's why you're hopping from one activity to another just to achieve things and all. And, and second was about, you know, uh, now I realize how much of, you know, the public validity we, we need, the comparison that we're talking about, and we put people on pedestal, and we want to impress them and we want their validation at all costs and it just depresses us and keeps our morale down when it does not happen. I guess in, in uh, earthquake, some of those fears, you know, I had to transcend. It's like, what if you die right now? You know, right now in five minutes you're dead. What are you going to do? How are you going to feel? And that was the time when uh, when all my, I wasn't passionate about what I was doing in, in India. So then, then that was the point, you know, you have earned enough, now just go and experiment what is going to come. So that financial management was important for me to go and venture out. And Nepal has been an amazing ground to learn a lot of lessons especially with the thing that until and unless you have things to contribute, which helps people, which are useful, you'll always be taken care of. You can always earn for your skills. And uh, this is for people who are like, a lot of us are scared of financial, you know, not making it financially. And then second thing was about, you know, getting that uh, validation for myself. A lot of projects that I did, I did not really pay attention to the credits that I could have got or, and that's like, it's, it's not very important, but in a sense that, you know, there was always this worthy, worthlessness creeping about, you're not worthy enough, you're not enough, you're not good enough kind of thing. And 
when that happens you you do a lot of things which you never satisfied so i had to learn to really you know put myself as they say you know the human being has the first responsibility towards themselves so it was like okay validate yourself and the people you are putting on pedestals are never going to be the same and what if you don't match the same values what if you know uh, you have to compromise in some way towards those people what happens then and so these are the two things that really made me grow uh, transcending that you know worthlessness and uh, working with myself saying okay this is the point this is the money that i make which is going to make me satisfied this is the work that i'm going to do and those i'm going to achieve that is going to make me satisfied and content and feel good with this and just to work with that has brought me a tremendous tremendous amount of like peace and um harmony within myself i think that's that was how i grew how i'm growing yeah yeah oh, thank you very inspiring it is okay nice um so pretty you uh, wake up tomorrow as a 15 year old right you know everything you know today but tomorrow you're 15 year old how would you change your life uh what would you do differently if you were 15 again tomorrow um i think i'm quite happy with how life has been like um i wouldn't change a thing that i think do i need to like really be there and change my life in some way or the other <laughs> you don't need to but if you're 15 again tomorrow oh i i i don't want to go there <laughs> i think at 30 i am at much much more peaceful place than i was in 15 um but then i am very grateful for all the experiences and journey that i've been in um so yeah interestingly i have nothing i would it's been a great journey nice okay um health and fitness uh, i've seen you know a lot of your facebook posts there is a so saying especially in the recent couple of months uh, you there uh, post or saying it's about your fitness as well the rikoti mata you're working on your abs and all that and all all of that um how important is fitness for you or yeah how important is fitness for you and why to be honest i that was a course that i was doing and uh, my course was for 8 weeks and i was learning a lot of workouts you know, workout programs and i was like oh that makes a great <laughs> social media content um but however yeah i think um fitness is you has been has been quite quite a important part of my life since childhood and um you know I mean i am working mostly towards the trail running um sector and, and the sports i have a lot of affinity towards sports people however it's it's um 
how do I put it? It's it's like I owe my life to it. Um, you know, the worthlessness I was talking to you about. I found out that if I if I make you know some health goals or fitness goals and I achieve it, um, it was giving me that life energy to expand it to other places. So I learned that this was very interesting that everything revolves around energy and that whatever you do your activities uh, either gives you energy or depletes energy from you okay. and fitness was one place where i started of course which seemed to give me that morale bo boost that encouragement that you know, I mean, you don't need popularity. You don't need 2,000 people to like you or something. And I don't even care that, you know, people would like me now or something like that. Something like that. But to be able to maintain that focus and that well-being in myself by doing these small tweaks in my schedules and, you know, setting goals and achieving them, that has brought me so much, like, stability and ability to get things done in my own way in my own uh, sectors so i think that's that's what i call fitness it's a life-giving activity however right now i've added meditation so uh i i feel like meditation has been more important for me now along with the fitness uh, because it gives me that you know <laughs> it keeps my mind stable and some days you know you have seen that you know feel like uh, if you're caught by that underworld depression thing, you don't want to move forward or something, but if you have this meditation of awareness and thing, even for 20, 30 minutes, uh, it can more relieve you actually and train your mind to do certain things. So uh, yeah, now I take both meditation and, um, and, and fitness together. So I don't post about meditation. <laughs> That's not the social media thing. <laughs> <laughs> okay, nice, nice. So, uh, life fitness um, important So, would you also suggest other people to be fit? Absolutely. That's why I think uh, I'm like entering into the health coach uh, sector, right? Um, mm -hmm. Because there is there is a lot and lot of benefit of just moving. I won't say overtraining. I won't say that you need to sculpt your body, work on your abs or things like that. Uh, of course, when you are strengthening your core muscles, you are working on your abs and your, you know, your back and your posture. And things become so different when you are in a strong body. Okay. A lot of us, you know, uh, there's a very interesting thing uh, that Noah Harari says about if the sheep have nuclear bomb that's more dangerous than wolves having a nuclear bomb because sheep are fragile and they are scared so you know when your body is strong your mind is strong because that's how it's working together right and uh, that's a nlp thing also so <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah so, uh, so uh, and and another thing is uh, a lot of these chronic diseases and, and preventive lifestyle diseases that I'm talking about, which we as a health coach uh, look at, uh, are because of immobility, because people don't move. 
now of, of course there are signs behind how you should do your exercises and this and that but even walking brisk pace thrice a day is good enough thrice a week is good enough you know so uh, i think when you can when you can be on a good body you can actually be more mindful and uh, thoughtful about things around you and it's it's very interesting that i see as if once people start taking care of themselves probably from then there they can extend that care for other people around other things around and in other nature around them so that's how i see fitness and yes that's why i would like you know want to inspire or influence people to get more activity done and things like uh, really nice. Mero two three other question to answer. Like actually, Gordon. So, um, uh, yeah. Uh, uh, so, as a health coach, I know. Uh, I'm I'm trying to get into a fitness routine. Biana, five o'clock, six o'clock, probably want to do. Uh, go for a run. Or work out. my problem is I start losing motivation. And I go back to my older habit. What would you suggest to someone who has an issue like that? Mm -hmm. Choose something that's fun for you. Start with more moderation. And um, you know the as they say in sustainable farming that the soil soil that you grow your plants in the health of that soil the environment of that soil is more important than the plant itself how okay. is your environment who are the group of people it's very easy when you have community it could be far away community but you know you see the community achieving something with the other every day and you want to keep up with them so that's also kind of a thing. So make that culture around you. Try to find the culture around you, and do something which is fun. You know, so you don't need to run every day. You know, cardio means you know you're upping your um, increasing your heartbeat slightly from your resting mode. Maybe go up to fifty to sixty percent for that low moderation uh, intensity. But you can dance. You can jump. You can do plyo. You can do varieties of exercises and uh, and just set that a time where you would move and not necessarily do the same thing so yeah these are the three things i guess the culture uh, culture setting up a culture is is very very helpful if you can do that because your environment uh, affects your mindset and you know how you do things as well so yeah. What does setting up a culture mean? Um, it's like surrounding yourself with a community or individuals uh, that give you that inspiration and motivation to move or to get you where you want to reach. Um, okay. So yeah i mean and this can be this can be applied across different fields you know you as a human being uh, in profession you know in your health and well-being as well so you become like the, like the five closest person you surround yourself with 
you know, as they say. Absolutely. So, um, yeah. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense now. That uh, it didn't make sense, but it makes a lot of sense. Uh, what is one thing you you would advise uh, all young people to do uh, every day? One thing to do. I know it's going to sound boring or something, but... <clears throat> oh. It will be about, you know, learning one meditation technique. I would suggest, you know, whatever you like at the moment, just to be aware, not judge, just to be aware of your thought process and do that mental um, exercise every day without break. Because uh, I see, not just in Nepal, it's, it's, it's a... Uh, it's quite prevalent actually you know because we are so much dependent on society we are so much dependent on external factors affecting us that we we don't have our own energy most of the time mm -hmm. we don't know who we are we don't know what our is what our true nature is or what our passions are what gives us energy what drives us what motivates us and um, we are always taking this energy from outside and filling our minds. So if, if even like 10, 20 minutes of that breathing exercise and just being aware of your thought process can really cleanse you out and you know, give that mental um, strength to, be, to have your own space and stand. Okay, nice suggestion. Um, pretty easy. Uh, we're coming towards uh, the end of the show, but I'll just ask you two or three questions that I, I think I have to ask. Um, have to die, not that why not? Um, <laughs> okay, let's say the world is ending in, in um, one week's time. Um, what are the three things you would stop doing if you knew that the world is ending in seven days seven days what three things you would stop doing yeah three things i'll stop doing somehow guy going into that vipassana center was like doing <laughs> stopping everything <laughs> like what is it collapsed now <laughs> i just sit and meditate for 12 hours <laughs> uh, what would i stop doing well, that would be quite an interesting uh, <laughs> space, you know, I mean, uh, I'm not think about making an impact in the world or something, you know, always having this, like, uh, having to do improve myself and, and things like that. I, would, I think I would just relax and be like, okay, we are already going out in seven days, which is a great place. Um, so, I mean, there's no point being all jumpy and ambitious about things. 
Second, I think I would. Yeah, I think that would be such an ideal case. I don't have to think about money. I don't have to think about <laughs> work and profession. And uh, you should have asked what would I have done or something. I know. <laughs> Even I know. everything is so easy for me. Dying, it's like. Okay. <laughs> it's done. Probably that's why I'm so excited to spirit or something. It's like, okay, let's go with the flow. <laughs> okay, that's nice. That's that's actually uh, yeah, that's quite one day. junior answer so you don't have to worry about a lot of things that kind of bogs you down a little bit, right? Relax, and I feel quite happy. Um, so, Prutiji, uh, do you have a question that you wished I had asked? Um, I would, I would, I would want you to ask about probably um, what I thought about. The, well, it's it's not a judgmental question, but you know the the youngsters growing up in Nepal, and and how how what I have observed in last five years um, about about certain things, you know, it's like. Um, how do you properly put it in the words? It's uh... so I'll I'll make it easy for you, pretty easy. Yeah. So you don't have to ask the question. Why don't you start answering the question then? Yeah, I I think I've observed that, which is prevalent everywhere when I study more about it. But which makes me a little bit concerned about the Nepali society is uh, our inability to stand up to our you know voice our opinions or or to cut the crap across and with our with the people we respect and um, or the elders or even the peer group or something so we are so much into that glamorization glamorizing things the popularity contest uh, the hold of being influencer or um, or you know the that the race of being popular over what we need to learn and what uh, probably will be required for the impact that we can make. I don't know if I'm making sense or not, but this is what I've observed even in running community, even in other communities that I see that people first want to be that popular level. They want to be known by thousands of people and, you know, without that foundation of what is the value that I'm going to bring to the community or what is the what is the ethical and moral way to do certain things where do I stand secure in my position or where do I grow from and what do I need to learn um, I, I feel as if a lot of lot of a lot of us like we need to like we need to seek some depth instead of the popularity and 
seeking the external validation all the time. So that is something. Um, and it also has to do with the culture around us. Um, you know, I mean, how, how the politicians are not listening to the common people, how there's their own group of naysayers and their own group of collaborators and uh, yes people amongst them, how the diversity is not being able to get in that role of, you know, making policies and everything. So I've seen it in the hierarchy, actually, um, that a 50-year-old will also compete with a 20-year-old for that security. There's, there's so much insecurity within us, within our identity. Um, and for, for a lot of people growing up now, I guess we really need to work on that secure individuality amongst us. Who are we? And knowing that identity, move towards other people, move towards the surroundings. And I mean, uh, more than popular popularity will come on its way, but then what values and what things are you contributing? Are you able to, meaning that you are able to get um, to the community will will sustain more than um, more than that, you know, one or two years of popularity being a hero. Very nicely said. Um... Life is moving so fast. Lockdown, there's a lot of introspection. Um, there's a lot of bad things happening at the moment. Uh, Self-reflection is ideal time. But usually, time life is moving so fast. I'm a student, 10-12 years old student. 35, 40 years ago, we are employees. And yes, day starts at 8 o'clock and ends at around 8, 9. And what's your introspection? Obviously, what you're saying is what's your purpose in life, right? You, what is your contribution to the community and all of that, I mean, which is what gives your life a meaning. I don't know. Maybe it has to start with school and uh, probably when you're really young. I have no answer. That's a very good question indeed. Yeah, I mean, I, I keep on thinking about that as well. I mean, when you think about the culture, what kind of culture we are, we are, uh, you know, nurturing and are we letting the youngsters be who they are? And, um, I think it's, it's uh, something that the question needs to be worked on more. Um, but yeah. You Nepal have a problem, it's a global issue, it's a popularity, it's instant. Yeah, but then I, I feel as if Nepal has such a hope that the more economically underdeveloped that we are, the far better of chances that we're going to survive in a good way here. Because, you know, as an organic beings, again, coming back to the, you know, initial point, as an organic beings, we have everything around us, accessible, uh, good quality to sustain our life. 
So in that ways, yes, we have a lot of like uh, good resources and everything. All that we need is uh, our youngsters and, you know, probably we all do know where, what is our values and, you know, how do we want to live um, further going on. Nice. Nice, Pritiji. I've had an awesome session with you today. Thank you so much. Uh, do you have anything to say to our viewers, your viewers? I'm sure a lot of people um, who are friends with you are watching this. And our viewers as well, uh, uh, don't forget to ask them to subscribe to your channel. I didn't know you had a YouTube channel. <laughs> so anything you, you would want to add? Um. That it's like, um, <laughs> you know, whenever I start any project, it's, it's almost like even one person, if they get something out of this, it is going to be a satisfactory work from my side. Um, so, yeah, if, if somebody has taken so much time and invested their time in listening to this interview, I hope, uh, I hope it has benefited them in some way. And thank you so much um, for anybody who's watching this. And, you know, we all help each other out in that way. We are always sharing each other's energy. So thank you for giving me your energy. And thank you for um, being here with us. And subscribe to their channel. <laughs> my, channel is, <laughs> my channel is a little bit you know, inconsistent and just comes around when I have a motivation. So if you like my contents you can subscribe to my channel but this is so consistent coach me an amazing team um, thank you <laughs> like them and subscribe them thank you so much okay thank you for tg i'll i'll just meet you in the backstage i'll listen more viewers like bye and i'll catch up with you sure all right um bye for Okay, viewers, uh, we're at the end of the session. Uh, I had a very fun session with Preetiji. Mali running go failures go how she deals with failures. Um, spirituality go concept, probably different, which is very interesting. Ani, uh, there's so many topics to cover. Okay, and what she's doing for uh, young runners with Mila Rai, your topics are Mali Chunobani um two topics or kulagi you can maybe subscribe to her channel um she's doing amazing job uh, along with mirai and, and her team a uh, lot of women runners as well um she's inspired quite a few people amrikai pretty local school student workshop about learning skills and uh, running skills learning skills and <laughs> running skills which was very beneficial um so i had an awesome session today and i hope you have, you guys enjoyed it too uh session ko suru ma chai subscribe bhannu bhanera kinane end samma manche ali na hera pani huna saksha bhanera um tara i don't know um like subscribe and you sabai ityadi ityadi sabai gardinu hola ani next time very better thank you so much